Bring it up. All right, you guys can be seated. All right, so this morning we've got something a little bit different for you guys. I told you that it was going to go a little bit different this morning. Um, Friday night, I found myself, I guess Friday night, Saturday morning, right there you go, right there. All right, so Friday night, Saturday morning, uh, I found myself at the uh, emergency room at Fort Sanders uh, with some pretty tremendous eye pain. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty rough, and um, long story short, I was there from about 1 to, to 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, sent me home with some, some eye drops and still a whole lot of pain in my, my right eye, couldn't really see out of my right eye, pretty, pretty blurry, couldn't really do a whole lot, and... Uh, uh, they diagnosed me with a, a corneal ulcer, which basically means I got a hole in the top of my eye. Um, it's not fun. Uh, but, but as I was there on, Saturday, on Friday morning, Saturday, or Friday night, Saturday morning, uh, I w- was praying about uh, I usually prepare my final notes and everything for a sermon on Saturday night, but uh, it was pretty clear, one, I can't read out of my right eye, I can't really see, I can't look at a screen for more than about 30 seconds without it being in in pretty extreme pain, and so I was like, what, what, do we, what do we do here? And so my prayer in that, that emergency room was, God, either when I wake up tomorrow, let my eye be healed enough to where I can do something, or make it really clear what it is you would have for, for the people at Providence. Um, in 12 years, I've had one time where I've had to have somebody... And I was trying to figure out, are we going to do this twice in two months when I haven't done it, but, but once in 12 years? And uh, so what do, we, what do we need to do? And whenever I woke up yesterday afternoon from my, uh, my hydrocodone-induced nap, uh, I, I woke up, I had a text from Sarah, and, and the plan was for Sarah and Brendan to share today about their ministry. It's called Heard and Held, and they were going to share about their, their ministry, and I'll let them talk a lot about that here in just a minute. You're going to hear from them far more than you're going to hear from me this morning. Um, but she had a text that said, hey, we're putting our notes together and we're at 10 minutes and we still got a lot more to say. Um, what, what, what should our time limit be? And I replied back, well, what if you had as much time as you wanted? Um, and, and honestly, my prayer was, was, was God, whatever you need us to hear as a church tomorrow, let's, let's make that happen. And, uh, this feels like an answer to prayer. And so I, I tell you that to say, this is not like a fill in cover 40 minutes this is what God has for us this morning as we sit here this morning. Uh, this is what God wants us, wants them to be able to share their story uh, and their ministry as well, and for, for us as a church to be able to hear. And so I'm going to be up here on this stool and maybe ask a few questions here or there, but for the most part, well, as, as it relates to, the, to this ministry, so uh, your all story took a, took a bit of turn in 2019, is that... 2020. 2020. So I'll, I'll let you guys just, just run with it and, and tell your story here. So, Yeah, so in 2020, um, we were both working. We were doing our master's program, um, hearing talk of some virus or something that was going around, you know. Early, no, nobody knew anything about it. Yeah, this was January. Nobody really knew what was going on yet. Um, and in January, we found out we were pregnant. It was our first pregnancy. Um, unexpected. Um, I called Rachel Rosser crying because I was like, I, we were not planning this. Um, and, um, it did not take us long at all to fall just totally and completely in love with that baby. Um, and a few weeks later I started having just some weird symptoms. Um, 
went to the emergency room. They couldn't really figure out a reason. They said, oh, it's probably just your body adjusting to pregnancy. Um, and then a couple weeks later, I was eight weeks along, and we found out that there was no longer a heartbeat. Um, we kind of knew that that might be coming. They, they were not showing um, progressive growth on ultrasounds, and so we prayed very hard um, with several people from church that the Lord would grow our baby um, and that that baby would live, but um, he did not. Um, and so we named that baby Samuel, which means God has heard, um, because even though the Lord didn't answer our prayers, um, we do feel like he heard them. Um, and, of course, a week before the world shut down is when all of this happened. Um, so, But during that time, um, Providence was a really um, played a huge role um, in our grieving. Um, the elders sent us flowers. Rachel Rosser drove to West Knoxville to bring us meals for the week. Um, so many people were praying for us and caring for us, um, just being Jesus to us. Um, Tony talked last week about the paralytic whose friends lowered him down to Jesus, um, and we feel like that's what Providence was for us. Um, we couldn't, we couldn't find our way to Christ in some some of those moments ourselves. Um, but through the faith of our church community and the people around us, um, they brought us to Christ when we couldn't, when we couldn't make it on our own. Um, so we clung to that faith, um, the faith of our friends, the faith of our community, and we, we got through it. Um, our pregnancy with Caleb was um, full of anxiety um, because we didn't know if this loss was a one-time thing. We didn't know if we would... Um, have trouble getting pregnant again. We didn't know if we would be able to keep a baby. Um, and so it was very anxiety inducing. Um, and several women from church just walked through that with us. Um, I had them in a, just a group chat and would just text them like every day being like, I don't know what to do. Like I feel so overwhelmed by anxiety. Um, and they were, they were just there to be encouraging, um, to validate how I was feeling um, and to share truth and hope with us um, during that time. So that's that's our story of of our loss. And so you guys were supposed to head out on a trip at about the same time, right? You were supposed to head to Israel. Is that yep. is that right? So you're supposed to head to Israel. So all of this happens all at the same time. The world shuts down all at the same time. So you have the the grief of this miscarriage uh, along with the really the chaos of your own worlds, your own world, and, and the chaos of, of what the world was dealing with in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure that was, that was a very lonely time for, for you guys trying to figure out w- which, way was, which way was up and having to walk through that. And so you talk about the church kind of being there to, to walk through some of that, that with you, but um, I think I can speak for a lot of us here whenever it comes to, to issues of grief specifically, but, but specifically miscarriage, it can be really hard to know, uh, what do you say? I mean, what, how, how do you, how do you have a conversation with somebody who's, who's walking through that? How do you, um, you know, as a guy, how do you have a conversation with, with a husband or how do you have a conversation with you who that's such a personal thing? And, and so maybe talk just a little bit about kind of how that, how that was for you guys dealing with that, that moment, um, in, in our, I guess the world's uh, eye and then your own very personal moment there too. 
you want to start? Sure, I can, I can start. Um, I know for me it was, so our loss was, was early along in the pregnancy, which was kind of another little complication because not everybody, we didn't, hadn't told a lot of people, and so there was this intent. We had no experience with this sort of loss um, or this kind of grief, and so um, plus the isolation of the lockdown, it was, it was hard for me especially to, to even know how to open up to other people to receive care um, or if I should or how to, you know, it's not something that's just talked about as, as openly um, as even other sorts of loss. Um, so it, it was, yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a deeply lonely time for, uh, for both of us. And I, I think if it hadn't been for others in our church who had, uh, in our other, you know, our community who had um, experienced similar things, I mean, it was, we had, <laughs> we had questions and doubts and, and feelings that we didn't know how to wrestle with. And if it hadn't been for people who had been through the same, um, the same shadow, I, I, I don't know what, where we'd be um, or if we'd have landed how we did. Um, do you want to add anything to that? Well, as far as um, what to say, like what people said and, and did, um, the people who grieved with us, um, I feel like had the most impact. Um, there was one one day that summer of 2020, um, several months after the loss had occurred, and um, I I was just, I was feeling so discouraged and so, um, fearful. Um, and I remember Jordan Lemons, um, just like, I was crying one day at church and (laughs) Jordan just sat and cried like with me. Um, and someone else like seeing my tears and my grief and grieving alongside of me, um, that was just, that ministered to my heart so much. Um, because, we talk about valuing life, you know, life begins at conception. Um, and sometimes for miscarriage, that doesn't quite get translated, you know? Um, and so the fact that people are recognizing, people in our church are recognizing our, our baby as a baby, um, as a life and valued that life, um, and considered that life to be worth grieving. That was so impactful for, for me, for us, um, they called our baby by name. Um, people remembered his due date, remembered, um, the anniversary of his loss. It just, all of those things, um, were very, very helpful. Um, there aren't words that you can say really, um, that are going to magically make everything better. Um, sometimes words can actually hurt more, um, if people, um, use cliches like everything happens for a reason um that's not it's not helpful in in acute grief um in profound grief like that and so um everyone around us really seemed to understand that though and they didn't try to just make it all better they were willing to sit with us in our grief um which is what you have to do you have to you have to experience the grief you have to let it you have to go through it um in order to come out the other side and um, that was something that Providence was willing to do. Um, they were willing to get their hands messy because grief is messy. 
Um, and so just sitting with us in that and being beside us through that was, um, was more helpful than any, any words anyone could have said. And so the, as you guys processed this, as the world kind of went through what it went through in 2020, and you guys went through your own uh, somewhat private pain, at least personal pain, um, you're also still working on your degree program. You're still doing those things. And uh, um, I, I think it's correct. I remember the first time that we, we, we met to talk about this ministry, you said that in working through that degree program and, and processing this, this grief kind of side by side, spark some things in, in both of you to say, hey, maybe there's something, maybe there's, there's a hole in ministry that we, can, that we can fill here. Maybe there's something we can, we can do. So talk a little bit about how, how th- this ministry came to be and, and what you guys are, 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 are doing with the, the grief and the pain and how you're, you're moving forward in that. So. so I can talk to start about how, how the degree program initially, I mean, was in itself a ministry to us, I think, because... Um, because you know, wrestling with a, a, how do you find meaning in a circumstance that's so just horrible, right? Like uh, that that was hard for us. And and we, when you're looking for, um, like you said, clear. What's the reason that this? Everything happens for a reason. What's the reason that this happens for? And it's not at all immediately apparent. And obviously, wrestling with wrestling with this kind of a tragedy and the goodness of God or truth truths we know, right? We know God is good, and we know this happened to us, so how does that make any kind of sense? Um, some of what we learned in that degree program helped us understand that a lot of theology is holding these kind of ideas in tension, um, and that the tension is tension is telling you a lot of times that you're on the right, on the right track. If you feel some tension between things, that's, um, that's not altogether a bad thing, or it doesn't mean you've, you've gone wrong or you're in a bad a bad place. Um, I mean, we we studied the book of Job and and seeing the book of Job as a whole talk about this guy who didn't necessarily who didn't do anything to deserve a lot of the things that happened to him, but the the things happened to him, and God was still God at the end of it. Um, like that's that's a message that's right there in Job um, and felt uh, felt applicable to us. So I guess I guess to to talk about the degree program, um, helping us, helping us learn that wrestling with those sort of things isn't, um, isn't bad and that the wrestling is part of, part of faith, not like a journey to faith. You don't, you don't, having faith doesn't mean you've got it figured out, but that you're working through the hard stuff. Um, I'll let you talk a little bit about how, how we started doing, doing something. Um, so, so the, first of all, um, when we after we had had our, our miscarriage, um, a friend of mine who had experienced a stillbirth a couple years prior um, sent me a care package just with I think it had like some hot tea in it and like a little cross stitch kit, just just some sweet like comf- comforting items. Um, that was just so it was just so thoughtful, um, and I had no idea it, it was very meaningful at the time, but I had no idea how meaningful it would continue to be. Um, over the next few years, um, like Brennan was saying, with our degree program, we really learned um, a lot about holding things in tension. Um, two things can be true: God can be good, and horrible things can happen. Um, and we don't we don't have all the answers. Um, I mean, to this day, we couldn't tell you why um, 
why our baby died um, or why other people's babies die. Um, I know that's pregnancy loss has been um, has been near and dear to, to many here at Providence, um, and we don't have answers for why why that is. Um, but during this program, we really focused in a lot on humanity, um, the humanity of Jesus, um, the humanity that is our emotions. Um, Jesus experienced a full range of human emotions. Um, God even experiences a full range of emotions, um, including grief. And um, they're not something that um, we had learned a lot about in, like, specifically related in church um, and things like that. And so learning about, I guess, kind of the spirituality of our emotions um, was really, really helpful in learning about how we process grief. Um, And so through those classes, um, through the sweet gift of my friend um, and just the ministering of our family and church family to us, um, I started sending care packages to other friends who I'd heard um, who'd had a loss And then I started last year um, in the spring sending them to friends of friends. So I didn't even know these these women, um, but I heard about them and just wanted to do something. And then um, in May, I came home and said, Brennan, we've got to do something, like, bigger. Like, there are so many moms who have these losses, and um, I just want to do something. There's a, a tendency to be frustrated with your body because we're designed, women are designed to be able to bear children. That's, it's a blessing. Um, it's a miracle. It's amazing. It can be really hard, but it's great. Um, and so there's a, there's a tendency to feel like your body's failing you. Um, like God is failing you. Your design is failing. And so I wanted to help alleviate some of that and help women treat their bodies gently while they're grieving. Um, and so I started giving friends, um, like, lotions and spa product kind of stuff um, just to kind of help be physically, like, tangibly healing and comforting to them um, during this season. And so that's kind of how Heard and Held was born. Um, The name Samuel means God has heard, um, and so we get to use um, his name, I guess, as part of our... um, our ministry, um, and our goal is to to hear moms, to see moms, um, and, and the whole family, but specifically caring for the moms um, through these care packages, and just to hold hold them and their babies in our hearts and to grieve with them, um, even if we can't just sit there on the couch with each and every one of them. So, so you guys sat down. You said, "Let's come up with this thing," and if we're going to do this, we want to do it right. So you've pursued. Uh, tax exempt status. You've pursued um, donations and other things from other companies to give you products at, at, at good deals and those kind of things you can put together. So, what is the status of where you guys are now? How many packages are you sending out? I don't know, monthly or, or, or so, and and kind of where is the what's the situation of the ministry now that, that you guys are have? You've been doing this for what a year or so? Uh, ten, almost ten months. Okay, um, from when we officially, I guess, started. You've been sending care packages longer than that. Right. But we found, I mean, the demand increased, as like you said, just spread through word of mouth. Friends of friends started. Everybody knows somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it sort of it's took off through word of mouth. And we not only had people, we not only knew of people who needed care, but also people who wanted to 
give to us to help support it. So that's kind of what started us, part of what started us thinking we need to, we should probably <laughs> do, make this official. Yeah, make this <laughs> official because um, there's there's a need and there's people who want to help. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted you there. Oh no. Um, so we let's see. Last year, from June through December, I think I counted 31 or 32 care packages that we sent to eight different states. Um, most of the out of state. Um, care packages were just friends of friends. Um, and then this year, so far, we have sent, I think, almost 40 care packages um, just in the last three months um, to several more states. Um, our primary focus is, is East Tennessee and, and the state of Tennessee, but um, we're not going to deny anyone a care package if someone finds us on social media or whatever. Um, so we're officially a nonprofit. We incorporated um, in January. We got our 501c3 tax-exempt status um, a couple weeks ago, and we've got our donation platform up. We've, got, um, we've established relationships with a few different vendors, like to get um, our candles at a discounted rate and to get um, products at a discounted rate. Um, I make a lot of stuff myself, um, like um, some of the body care products, because it's just cheaper to make yourself. Um, and then I can control exactly what goes in it because um, part of part of my passion is for it to be like very clean and non toxic and so um, and safe and safe yeah safe in pregnancy um, and so if a mother is pregnant again um, or breastfeeding or something like that like the everything is considered to be safe um, in those circumstances um, I'm trying to think what else. So we've we've also got a website up. Oh yeah, um, we've got a website up. Part of the part of the ministry, um, or part of our idea for it, was not only to to continue to send these these care packages, but also to address um, some of the also to provide resources to help people um, who are not only going through a loss, but who are friends and family of people going through a loss to help understand better what that kind of loss is like and what that sort of grief is like because it can be a little bit of a disenfranchised grief where you um a lot of the um a lot of the the rituals like funerals thing wakes or whatever things that we use to process death and loss in our lives oftentimes you don't get those in a miscarriage um and like ours if it if it's if it happens early enough, not uh, almost nobody may know. Um, so a lot of times that grief goes, um, that grief is complicated because you're, you don't know how to grieve. We know how to, <laughs> we know how, how to grieve a loss of, of an adult, I think better than we know how to grieve the loss of, of an unborn child. So part of what we wanted to do with this ministry was to have some content, some blog posts and resources in a, in a website that we could use to, um, to share some of what we've experienced and what we've learned um, to help people understand and, and to grieve themselves and, and help other people grieve. Our website has, um, has a really sweet post for dads that Brennan wrote. Um, we have a post about like ways, just ideas of ways you can help a grieving couple. Um, and then some ideas for ways to honor and memorialize um, a baby that has been lost. Um, our ministry serves um, women experiencing pregnancy and infant loss, which is pregnancy conception through age two, um, which is, it's kind of a tragic 
um, I mean, it, it's tragic because no one should lose a baby. No one should lose a child. Um, it's, it's a heavy ministry. We, we hear so many hard stories. Um, but the, we've, we've had so much positive feedback from the resources on our website, the care packages. Um, we have a Spotify playlist as well that just has a bunch of, of songs um, to help process through the grief um, that folks have found helpful as well. Um, we're hoping to have more stories on our blog in the near future of other people and their experiences with loss as well. Um, because shared experiences really can be healing as well. Like knowing you're not alone, um, that other people have felt similar pain um, can be really, really helpful for healing too. Which is exactly what we felt from our church community when we were going through it ourselves was we, we felt not alone and we, we felt heard and helped by our community. So that's, that's the heart of it, to do that for as many other people as we can. Yeah, and there's so many people that, that, that may not have that church community, may, may, not even be, may not even be believers trying to process some of this stuff and, and work through this stuff. And so the, the, the website, you can, you can request a package there. Um, you know, a, a, a mom could request one for herself or a, a friend could request one. And I think it's pretty amazing for, for me as somebody who, um, you know, as a, as a pastor, I'm supposed to have words in difficult situations, and that's just not always possible. Um, and, and to, in some ways, be able to, to not have something to say, but something you can do um, that is tangible, that you can care for someone in that way, I think is a, is a beautiful thing um, that you guys have, have put together and uh, that you've made it able to request. And, and my, my own assumption with this ministry is that the more that these things go out, and I know as you guys have, um, uh, have gotten the official, your official tax-exempt status and now are a little bit more upfront about asking for, uh, this is their first time to be able to be up in front of anyone and share this, but I know that their heart has been to be at other churches and be able to share the same kind of thing. The more that that happens, um, I, 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 just, I just wonder if, if the, the nature of this ministry is that you guys won't be overwhelmed with requests and things like that. And, and, and I pray that it, as that word gets out, that that, that over that. That, that wouldn't be an overwhelmed in such a way that, that you guys can't just keep up or whatever, just in a way that, that there's so many people that want to help others in, the, in their grief and be able to be with them. And so th- to that end, I guess what I would, would, would open up to you guys is what, what do you need um, w- with where you guys are right now? Is it, is it just donations? Is it people? Is it, is it people to help make products? What what could you, if you were, if you were pitching to a church, your church community here to say, hey, we'd love for you to be a part of this ministry as you minister to us, what would that look like? So I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that we're, you know, official, we have, there's a lot of opportunities. Um, we've already had, first of all, so many people from church um, help out with this ministry. My discipleship group came over last week and packed several boxes to have just pre-packed and ready to go because I won't be doing this for much longer um, for a while while we're out of commission um, with baby Noah. Um, Carson Carroll came over uh, last fall and helped make a bunch of um, body scrubs with me. Um, the roster girls have helped with childcare with Caleb so that I could focus on the ministry stuff. Um, Spencer Jones kind of talked us through the financial aspect of starting a nonprofit. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's been so many people who have helped. Um, Launa Hall has helped write write our cards. We, we love to have handwritten cards 
um, for the moms. And so she has just written and written and written and written, um, and we're so grateful for that. Um, so a few of the ways that you can help. Um, one is just by committing to pray for us, for these families. Um, we are, we will have a sign-up sheet afterwards um, for anyone who's interested in giving us your, your email address and phone number because we want to have um, a team of people who are committed to pray um, for specific requests. Um, and I would love to have people who are willing to just pray with these moms or dads if they ask for it. Um, because sometimes it's, sometimes it's just nice to have someone who can say, I see you, let me pray with you. Um, and we, want it, we would love to be able to offer that to folks. Um, another thing is we would love to have some help packing boxes um, like our discipleship group did last week. Um, it's a lot to try to, to try to meet the demand. Sometimes I don't do a care package for a couple of weeks, and sometimes I'll do eight to ten in a week. Um, and so having a bunch of boxes that are ready to go um, is really helpful. Um, another thing is that we hand-deliver care packages locally. So if you travel from Jefferson City to Morristown frequently or to Sevierville or Knoxville um, and are willing to kind of be on call to take a box somewhere, um, that would be super helpful as well. Um, I go to Knoxville once a week and usually drop off a bunch while I'm there. But um, again, we're going to be out of commission for a while. So um, having some other folks help to alleviate that um, burden would be helpful. Um, we are able to take tax-deductible donations now, um, if that's something that you're interested in. Um, we also would really just love for you to share our organization. Um, the more that people share on social media, um, through word of mouth, the more moms that we can reach. Um, I guarantee that everyone knows someone. Whether you know it or not, you know someone who either has gone through this or is currently experiencing this. Um, miscarriage wasn't even on our radar um, before we experienced ours, and now we've heard so many stories um, of loss from people we had no idea. Um, one in four pregnancies results in loss. Um, that's not one in four women, that's one in four pregnancies. Um, so many women have recurrent miscarriage, um, and I think the infant loss is like one in 100 um, pregnancies, and so it's common. It's, it's so common, um, and so the more that you share, the more moms that we can reach. Um, if you've experienced a loss, um, whether you're a mom or dad, we actually have a private Facebook group. Um, so whether your loss was a few weeks ago or 10 years ago or 30 years ago, um, there's a place for you there, um, whether you need support or you want to support other parents. Um, it's just a co-ed group. You can share your story. You can comment on other people's stories and posts. Um, we just want to have a safe place for people to come and feel heard. Um, and then if you're interested in sharing your story as well, um, if you've experienced a loss like this, we would love to talk about um, having you write for us, write for our blog, um, Again, just because the more stories that we can share, um, it kind of takes the it takes the taboo off of it um, as people learn to um, learn about it, learn to share, um, learn to validate. Um, anything else? Oh, I was going to tag on to that last bit. First of all, um, there's obviously no pressure for you to to share right, your story, yeah. right? But which I don't think you you were intending. But I I wanted to to talk about that and talk about sharing as as a 
a, a part of healing sometimes. Um, can't, I mean, for it took a lot. It took me a lot longer to experience and move through the grief of this loss than it took you, largely because you were you you had, people surrounded you with um, and and were able to sit with you in your grief. And I think you were able to um, to move. You you moved through it a little bit uh, quicker than I did, just or maybe not quicker, but you you experienced the acuteness of it in a way that I didn't. It's also more physical for the moms, Absolutely. you know, for the dads. For dads, it's highly conceptual. Like you, yeah. you know, this baby exists. The moms are the ones throwing up and yeah. you know dealing with yeah. the, the symptoms. But um, just just to call, out, I wanted to say this at some point. I'm going to say it here. Um, it it didn't. It took me a while to understand like the, the timing of when I. I mean, it was it was when you were pregnant with Caleb that I I just one day kind of out of the blue, it all kind of hit me and I, I did weep and I did feel the intensity of the loss and, and thought about, um, and thought about what, what we wouldn't ever have with, with Samuel, um, and was able to like, that was, um, it was delayed, but it was, I I did finally move through it. And the, the timing of grief is, um, especially a complicated grief like this is always up in the air, mm-hmm. and the thing is moving forward. Um, and it's not a it's not a bad thing to grieve late, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or or to feel that late. There's no there's no set schedule for when you have to experience that. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to share that for me, writing out um, my experience with it was helpful both for me to, to process it, but just also feel like it was, um, it made some meaning of that grief for me to be able to share what I felt and what we had, what we had been through and where, how, how we had moved through it and come out on the other side. It was, it was not only, um, cathartic for me to write out, but also, um, yeah, it was a meaning making sort of experience. It felt like that now, that we this this loss this intense pain that we felt has some purpose in potentially being able to minister to other people mm-hmm. so just to plug that at the end right like right right even if you don't share it with us if you felt it writing mm-hmm. it out can be helpful yeah um yeah yeah there there is something about whether you're talking about Brenda, you, you're talking about writing and sharing or, or you guys kind of taking this, this, uh, this grief and turning it into something where you can help others. There's something about being ministers of the gospel that we are all called to be that uh, in, in some way is not just cathartic, but it, it, it's almost as though that's what the sufferings are designed to do is to, 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 to push us through to, to a place to minister to others and to be able to care for others um, in, in that... that um, you know, like, like you said, there's not an answer as to why this happened, and, and we, we can't give an answer to that. But what we can say is that our sufferings, and this is what I say all the time, is that our sufferings are, are, are both seen, and, and, and they, are never, um, they are never for nothing. Um, that, that is, I think, the beauty of our faith, is that, uh, is that our, suffer, our sufferings are never for nothing. They are always um, something that God sees and hears, and that God can even... Uh, use and it doesn't it doesn't lighten that suffering it doesn't make that suffering any less it doesn't even uh, if you want to use this this language excuse that suffering um, 
but it does show that this is part of what we do as ministers of the gospel. And obviously, when we're talking about, about pregnancy loss, this is you know, direct line from the, from the curse and from the fall that there would be pain and grief and childbearing. And um, for, for a ministry to be able to so directly push back against that darkness and against that curse, uh, I think it's just a beautiful way that, that things um, that, that God has, uh, has used you guys and I think will continue to use you mightily with, with this ministry. So is there anything else you all want to add or you feel like you, you covered everything you wanted to cover? Um, I will say I brought a care package, like kind of a, my little show-and-tell box. So if you want to see kind of what we put in them. Um, I also brought business cards if you want to take some. Um, I found myself having conversations with people at banks, at grocery stores, at coffee shops, um, and just kind of handing them out to people when I hear about um, their experiences or um, that, you know, they'll share, oh, my friend just had a miscarriage or, or you know, they're, they just had a stillbirth. Um, and so if you want to take some cards and take with you, um, if you work in any kind of like service industry, um, especially like um, if you do hair or whatever, um, people really open up to like their cosmetologists and their estheticians. So um, that's a great opportunity um, to, to reach people as well. Um, so um, yeah, so we'll have that. We'll have a sign up sheet for um, the prayer group and then we'll have the, the little box um, afterwards. Our website is heardandheld.com. Anything we haven't said here, anything we missed is there somewhere. Um, you can learn about us and our story, you can learn about our team, learn about what you can do and about what we do. Um, yeah, heard and, and the word and is spelled out, not like in the logo. <laughs> heardandheld.com. So they'll be available afterwards. You guys are free to, to, to talk with them and to, be a, to pray for them and, uh, and to just, just let them know how, how you're praying. And then if, if you'd like to be involved, this is a great, way, uh, a, a great way to do that. We talk all the time here at Providence. We're an under-programmed church. We don't have a ton of programs. We don't have a ton of stuff. If you gave us all kinds of time to create programs, we probably wouldn't have created this program because it's such a personal a personal ministry, but that's what we want out of our, our, our people here, here at Providence is to, um, to, 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 to take where, where God is leading them and to go and to, to be lights. Our, our passage we were supposed to read this morning uh, is from Luke chapter 5. I'm going to read this, and then, uh, and then we'll have the band come up and lead us. It says, After this, he went out and he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. Uh, and leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house, and there were a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at the disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, we're going to talk a lot about this next week and, and kind of what all that means, but... You know, one of the things that uh, I think is beautiful is that, you know, where this says that, 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 that it's not the healthy who need a, a doctor, but the sick. I think one of the beautiful things is that uh, when, it, when it comes to the, the, the ministry of the gospel, we are all patients of that gospel. Um, but the amazing thing is that the patient becomes part of the healing process later on. Um, we are called to be righteous, and Christ makes us righteous. We never become the doctor, uh, but we do become part of that process, the, the, the nurse, if you will, or, or maybe just the office attendant. I don't know, but he, he calls us to be a part of that process. 
Um, he doesn't just heal our hearts and then send us on. He heals our hearts. He makes us righteous. And then he says, now I want you to come alongside others and be a part of that process too. And so there's a lot more we can say about this passage. Um, but I think that's a beautiful way in which God does that, does that for us. And God calls us to be ministers of this gospel. I'm going to pray for us now. Then band's going to come up and they're going to, they're going to sing for us. We're not going to have a time of prayer this morning. Uh, but I would encourage you during the time while we sing these songs that you would be you would be in prayer about how God would, would make you a part of the healing process for someone else, whether it's this ministry or a thousand others that we could talk about this morning. You would pray about how God would make you a minister of the gospel. Uh, so let's pray. Father, this morning, uh, I thank you for, for Sarah and for Brendan and for their heart. I thank you for their willingness to serve those who are in a place of grief and a place of loss that is so often um, hidden, so often anonymous, so often unknown. Um, that they would step into that place, that they would step into that pain, that they would, um, they would step in even to their own pain over and over again in order to be ministers to the gospel. And I pray that their willingness to do that would be an example to me and to us, um, that, that we would do that and that we would be faithful uh, to your call and to the gospel, to the good news of Jesus Christ. And as we sing these songs, Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts uh, and that you would work in our in our lives. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.